This is Pull Up Your Chair with Cicely Simpson. Career-changing conversations with groundbreakers and thought leaders. Here's Cicely Simpson. Welcome back to my chat with Tara J. Frank. Tara is an equity strategist and the author of the new book, The Waymakers. Tara, I want to circle back to the part of our discussion when you mentioned vulnerability. It sounds as if the messier the process is, the better it is. So do the organizations and leaders who roll up the sleeves and it's a messy process, but they're working through it together, not the ones who are looking for the checklist? Absolutely. 100%. Because again, you know, I like to liken this to any complex business problem. Sure. Like, you know, this is not really about workplace culture. It's not about, again, a right or a wrong. It is filled with dilemmas. It's filled with dilemmas, things that don't have one solution, but they have to be navigated. And the only way we can navigate that, in my opinion, is together. And, you know, with a healthy dose of courage on each side. Like, I've had, quite honestly, you know, black and brown people say to me, well, they keep asking me my opinion about things. I'm not going to say anything else about that. They can do their own research. They can figure out how to get there. I'm tired of helping people, right, figure out how to treat me. And so the number one thing I say is I understand that. I understand why you feel that way. There is deep fatigue, right, on the part of black and brown people at work. There is trauma, right? There is a legitimate impatience because we've been trying to climb up these hills for years only to kind of have to slide all the way back down because somebody made a a bad choice or said a crazy thing. And so I understand that sentiment. And at the same time, if we don't collaborate on our shared idea of a healthy, enabling workplace culture, then we are abdicating our voice in that process. And I don't think we want to do that. I don't think we want to sit back on the fence and watch and wait to see if they're going to get it right. Because you know what? They won't without us. We can pretty much guarantee that if we sit back and watch and wait for them to come up with the answer and then see if we like it, that we will not like it. So as hard as it is, it has to be a collaborative effort. And that does not mean, let me be crystal clear, That does not mean, which I have seen in some organizations, and I quickly tell them that is the wrong thing to do. That doesn't mean we're going to put together an advisory group of all the black and brown people, and we're going to ask them to go in a conference room and come up with our strategic plan. And then they're going to present it to us, and we're going to tell them if we like it. Like every single time a client has said to me, well, we have an advisory group. We ask them to come up with ideas. I say, please stop that. Please reach out to them right away and put a stop to that work. It is not their job to tell you how to strategically transform your culture. This is your job. Now, you can certainly engage them in conversation collaboratively and ask what great looks like and ask them to help you understand again what's working and what isn't working to share with you what they wish were true. But to, to send them off on some kind of wild goose chase and then come back to you with a plan that you're responsible for creating is, is not the right path forward. But it has to be a conversation. 
right? It's we're, we're like beyond the command and control era. Nobody wants their leaders to just come say, go do this. We are squarely in the cultivate and collaborate era. And we need to do that on every business problem we have, including this one. Yeah, I love I love looking at this as a business. We don't look at this as a business problem. I was gonna say, I like the idea of doing that, but we we don't, we 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 like lose no. our minds when it comes to the topic of like, you know, how to all of a sudden we don't we know become... how to be business leaders. Yeah. Totally. Like all, of, all of a sudden we, we wake up and we're like, uh, I don't know what to do about that. It's BS. If you really thought it was a business problem, you would treat it the way you treat every business problem. What do we do? Number one, we gather all of our inputs. We say what's going on in the competitive landscape. What is our financial position? Yep. What is our financial goal? What are the key strategies we believe are going to help us get there? Who is responsible? What are our success measures? How are we going to monitor them? When we don't achieve them, how will we hold ourselves accountable for that and pivot? That is what we do with a business problem. That is not what we do with this. So true. That is exactly right. And you just mentioned accountability. And I, I don't want to give away all the secrets of the book, but... For our listeners, listen, in the Waymakers, Tara, you, I'm going to give you a high level and let you kind of go with this where you want. But mm -hmm. when we talk about accountability and you talk about the best way to, the, how to model for results, and you talk about being clear and intentional mm -hmm. and consistent and bold, but you also talk about be accountable. Yes. Do you need all five of those? Yes. Where do we go wrong on that journey? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you take that wherever you want. <laughs> well, honestly, Cecily, we go wrong on all of those accounts, which is why I included them in the book. So, you know, one of the things that happens sometimes is people come together and they say, well, we want, again, we want a diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what we want to go do. And they say, we're going to set some targets. And it's like, okay, do you even know why this matters to you in your business? Have you been clear about that with yourself first? Have you been clear about that with your people? Do you even know what your people are experiencing? If so, how are you going to use that to help everybody in your company understand why this matters, right? Like sometimes people are really not clear on their own why. They just know what, you know, best practices are and they want to be best practice. So they kind of jump ahead. So, you know, I use that as an example to say that every step is clear, but on accountability, you know, because you've read the book, I get really granular about this. Yes. Because people struggle. They are, you know, they are still right or wrong again, whether we think it's good or bad or, you know, whatever we think about it people are still struggling to hold themselves and others accountable. So I get really granular. You know, what are the ways we can hold ourselves accountable for driving diversity? What are the ways we can hold ourselves accountable uh, for achieving more equitable outcomes, for being more inclusive? And part of that is, again, defining what it looks like at, for a leader to behave in more equitable and inclusive ways, documenting that, sharing that with everyone and making sure that people understand that through various mechanisms, whichever you choose, you will hold leaders accountable for living up to that expectation. And that takes courage because as you and I both know, I'm sure you've seen this, I've seen this too, 
You can be in an environment where a company culture might say, our leaders do X. And then there's a leader who's making a lot of money, makes the customers happy. They completely behave in ways that fly in the face of a company value and people turn the other cheek. Exactly. You can't do that with this work because the second you do, the second you fail to hold someone accountable for leading equitably and inclusively, your entire claim falls apart. People don't believe you. They don't think you mean what you say. And the second they don't believe you, the second your credibility is shot, you're now digging out of a hole. So it's really important that leaders be specific about what it looks like to lead equitably and inclusively, that they name the behaviors, that they tell people in advance how they're gonna hold them accountable for that, whether that's tying it to your bonuses or simply just doing you know, 360 degree surveys every year and holding people accountable on, on the leadership behavior front. And then when somebody acts out of line, you gotta act and you have to act immediately. And if they're out of line publicly, you have to act publicly. So that people who saw the foulness also know that you're not going to tolerate it. Otherwise, you just send a signal to everybody else in the organization about whether or not you're serious about this work. That's a great point. And listen, I'm one of those, I used to freak my teams out. I am one of those where I love tying things to bonuses. I am, I am like, <laughs> if, you know, you want to put up or shut up. I love, I love tying accountability measures to, uh, to bonus and raises and promotions and, my team used to hate that. My various teams used to hate me for that, but everything that was important was tied to uh, was tied to the money. So I appreciate the granularity within which you go into about accountability uh, in the book. So let's take a step back for a second. Listen, we've talked about organizations who are doing this well, and some who still have the checklist mentality. And right. you know, as we say in the South, you want to say God bless them because they haven't figured it out yet. But what is your advice for? A company who maybe they're in the middle. They're not. They're, they, they've already started their journey, mm-hmm. but um, but they've started. So they have good intentions, but they're not quite sure what the journey looks like. So I don't want to go quickly to the people who haven't started because hopefully they'll read this book and realize they're doing it all wrong by not even acknowledging. <laughs> they need to acknowledge right right first. Know you have a problem. Acknowledge you have a problem that you got to you address it. But let's talk about the companies who um, who know that they're on this journey. And, and look, it's not even companies. I assume universities. I assume sure. nonprofits. Let me just say that first. I assume this is, we, yes. we're talking about organizations, but I assume this is all inclusive, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because I know, I know a couple of, I know some universities who fit in this bucket. So I, I want to make sure I, I call that out because I want to talk mm-hmm. to them after this conversation. Um, <laughs> but for the companies or even organizations or whomever that are on this journey, what would you say to them as they're getting started? They're started, but they're kind of, you know, they may be uh, stumbling a little bit out of the gate. What do you say to them? Well, I say to them, you know, there's a chapter in the book called Start Where You Are. Yes. And I always tell people, let your climate assessment guide you toward the most meaningful things to do first. So people always ask me again, you know, what are other companies like us doing? Exactly. And in the very beginning, when I started my consultancy, I would answer that question. And now I say, I can tell you that, but that doesn't mean that's what you should do. What's most important is that you assess your climate today and that you uncover what is most broken 
in your workplace culture or what is working most beautifully because you can either maximize a win or transform the things that are working really poorly because that honestly is the best place to start versus like, again, give me the 50,000 foot, you know, level view of what other people are doing. So I say, start with where you are, get a better understanding of what's working and what's not working in your own culture, because it will actually inform you as to what to go do next. Here's what I liken it to. Any consumer goods company, if they're creating a new product or solution, they're first gonna do consumer research. That consumer research, again, back to treating it like a business problem, that consumer research is gonna teach them what people need most. It's gonna help them understand how people might use whatever it is they're going to create or provide. That teaches them and helps them refine their ultimate deliverable. And so I like to tell people, use that same thought process. So that's one thing I would say. The second thing I would say is, please don't wait until you have everything figured out to make a change or to make a decision or start moving forward. This is not a space where you can dot every I and cross every T before you act. Because by the time you do that, the situation will have changed on you exactly. and your solutions won't work anymore. Like, again, this is human work and people change. People change week to week. They change month to month, you know? So I, I just say, understand what people need and want and work with them to get to a better outcome. But be courageous, be bold, make some big bets, right? Like place a couple big bets and get feedback on those bets, certainly from the people you're trying to serve. Refine your bets. If you get feedback that, you know, maybe more of this, a little less of that, but make some decisions and tell everybody, we're going to try this. It may or may not work. We are willing to experiment our way forward because we know we cannot afford to wait. Give people permission to provide feedback on how well something is working or not. Like this is what innovators do. And I really believe that if we brought more of an innovation mindset to this work, we would make more progress and we would do it in a way that creates more buy-in, right? And unleashes more potential. Absolutely. I love the innovation. I love bringing that lens um, to this conversation. You've mentioned your consultancy a couple of times, and I, I know we have a wide swath of folks um, who are part of our listening audience. Tell us a little bit more about the consultancy work that you do. So do companies call you and you, you literally are the first person in the door that they work with? Or, I mean, how does, how does one engage you in this work? Yeah, I thank you for asking that, honestly, Cicely, because it is evolving. If you had asked me this last year, I would say, well, they call me when they're about to step into their DEI journey. I help them, you know, get the climate assessment. I help them think about some big strategies or big actions they might want to take moving forward. But my consultancy is shifting. What I really want to focus on, which is tied to the Waymakers, is building leadership capacity to lead equitably and inclusively. So I'll tell you a couple things I have going on right now, and we're looking at scaling, you know, for thousands of leaders across some of my really big clients, is creating immersive experiences that bring them together in a space to better understand what 
people really need from them to be seen, respected, valued, and protected, help them understand what it looks like to lead in a way that meets those needs, bring other people together who can help them you know, get more specific about what's happening inside their own cultures. So it's building that competence and confidence. That's what I'm really focusing on right now. And the majority of my work when I'm not doing keynotes, you know, or, or podcasts, right, is building custom programs to help leaders be better leaders for the people in their charge. So that's what I'm really focused on, custom leadership development capacity building. Wow. That's that's absolutely phenomenal. Let me uh, let me ask you. Listen, this is we call this podcast, right? Pull up your chair. Career changing conversations. Um, what is a piece of career changing advice that you've received that you want to share with our listeners today? So I talk about this in the book a little bit, um, but I actually had the privilege of working with Dr. Maya Angelou for about a decade mm-hmm. when I was at Hallmark and. I kind of served as her editorial partner. And this one day uh, we were having a meeting and there were several more people who were coming to the meeting and I had been standing, you know, it was a long table. I had been standing in front of her and we had two more people come in and there were only two more seats and I was standing in front of one of them. So I went to kind of move to offer the person my seat and she caught my eye and she lowered me into my chair with her gaze, if that makes sense. Like if you can imagine that. And I sat, I sat in the chair and she leaned in and she said, you are just as worthy of that seat as anyone. Don't ever give up your seat. Amen. And, and it was just one of those moments where I was like, you know what? I have earned this seat. And I just sat my butt down and never, ever forgot that moment. You know, all these years later, I try to remember that that I am worthy of every place, you know, I find myself in. Um, I have something to contribute and I try every day in every way I can think of to bring my gifts to the world, right? To, to do my work in a way that is uniquely me. And my hope is that every single person in every single company can have that same experience. And which is why I want leaders to do a better job of creating that psychological safety to do a better job of really seeing their people and respecting their expertise and helping to create more equitable outcomes because we all deserve to feel that way. I'm speechless of that story. Uh, And I love, you're right, you deserve that seat um, and you've earned that seat. And I love, I I do know that stare that she used to give because I've (laughs) seen her enough and I, I can only imagine how that played out for you and you're thinking, Oh yeah, there's the look. I got it. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. I, I absolutely love it. And um, love. And I, when I read about your time uh, with her in the book, I thought, wow, what just a cool experience to be able to work with someone um, as phenomenal um, as she was. So yeah. let me end by asking, where can people find you? Is it your website? Do you have you know, are you on social? Where can people connect with you? And leaders, I'm talking to the leaders of the, I'm talking to everybody, quite frankly, because we're all, we all now know from Tara, we're all in this together. So yes. where can everyone connect with you? Leaders or those who are aspiring leaders or different people from different walks of life? How can they find you? Yeah, thank you for asking. People, I am very active on LinkedIn. So people can find me, you know, Tara J. Frank on LinkedIn. It's really where I have built such a beautiful community 
um, of like-minded folks who just want to make the workplace better. So they can certainly find me there. They can also find me on tarajfrank.com, you know, if they're interested in having me come speak to their teams or anything like that. Uh, and then they can buy the book, you know, anywhere books are sold. That's awesome. And just a reminder, everyone, the book is called The Waymakers, Clearing the Path to Workplace Equity with Competence and Confidence. Tara, you and I could solve the world's problems if we keep talking long enough. I'm almost I convinced agree. of that. Um, <laughs> I agree. This has been just an absolutely phenomenal conversation. I am so inspired by the work you're doing, the insights you've shared and uh, I, I know a couple of folks I'm giving the book to, but a couple of organizations that I'm definitely going to tell them uh, they need to reach out to you. So thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with this audience. Any final words you want to offer? I just want to say um, it is my highest hope that people will not only read The Waymakers, but use it. I believe if we use the book, we will truly create the kinds of workplace cultures we say we want. And so that would be, you know, that's my highest hope. And I want to thank you, Cicely, for this time and for this space. I've totally enjoyed uh, our time together and I'm just grateful. Thank you. You're very welcome. And that's it for another episode of Pull Up Your Chair. If you enjoy the show, make sure you take a second to subscribe so you automatically get my new shows when they drop. And if you have a minute, I'd love if you left us a review so more folks like yourself can discover the show. I'll see you next time. This has been Pull Up Your Chair with Cicely Simpson. To connect with Cicely and learn how to change your career, go to cicelysimpson.com.